What are the best TV shows of 2023? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. And I believe if you're not watching this live, if you're just listening to it when it goes, uh, goes up, then this episode itself is dropping on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. Thank you for Woo. joining us. For those that don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. I hope uh, your holiday season is being uh, joyous and bright. Um, uh, I am your host, DJ Wooldridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hi, Roxy. Hi, DJ. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, before on the show how I'm experimenting with TikTok for the first time. Yeah, and you're loving it. Well, I was thinking about, I was trying to figure out how to describe my experience so far to people. Uh, I, I feel good about the content I'm putting out there, but it is a little bit like going on a first date with somebody and that person immediately wants you to change everything about yourself. And it's like, yeah. well, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't a good fit then. <laughs> Completely. So how are you doing them, DJ? Are you recording them on your phone? I'm recording. So here's the thing. And the camera and, looks really good. Thank you. I, I am, uh, I am open to suggestions on this one. I tried for a couple minutes to try and edit a video within the app. And I immediately wanted to put a drill through my head. So What's what I. What's that app cap cut? I don't, I don't even know. I, I was going to do it through because I wanted to take advantage of TikTok's like the green screen thing yeah. that they have. Uh, it's a, it, the, the, the function of it. That and captions, uh, I don't want to even consider the amount of data mining involved to get that stuff to work. But it's actually pretty, pretty good. Um, but I just hated I just I, I hated trying to edit on my phone. So I record it on my phone. I take the video and put it on my computer. I then have to uh, uh, adjust the video on the computer because Premiere doesn't like to work with iphone videos does not uh it makes them all washed out so i have to i have to i have to adjust the video then i edit it in premiere which is what i edit everything and then i put it back on my phone which at first i was like maybe this is too many steps but it's like what's what's going to take me less time doing this or the tiktok app that's not really designed for editing like that's not its purpose <laughs> okay so then you put it in premiere and then where are you doing your captions I do it in I do it in TikTok. I do it in TikTok. So you put it back in, and then you add the the TikTok captions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, right now. It's a yeah. It's a pretty it's pretty involved. Um, and I and I do think, especially based on the numbers I'm getting right now, I'm putting I'm putting too much work into. I'm trying too hard. I feel like I'm for for the for for what I'm getting in return, I might be trying too hard. <laughs> there, the better app other than TikTok to edit on is CapCut. Cap Hot cut. tip for everybody out there. It, I'm not saying it won't make you want to pull your eyelashes out, but yeah. it will make you pull out half the amount of eyelashes as editing in TikTok. Got it. it there's more options. It like slides a little bit better. Yeah. It does what you want a little bit more. And I like it better. But yours look great and you're doing a good job. It is so shitty that this is the way. Yeah. And in low key, it's not the only way, but it's kind of the only way. Yeah, it's it's really in and, and it's 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 challenging because we were talking before uh we got on air that like I mentioned I I, I did it uh I, it, most of my stuff is jokes, but I was doing a I was doing a bit about uh Doctor Who and catching people up and for those that don't watch the show, like, continuity's gotten a little tangled at this point. And so that was my joke and I was making a joke about the regenerations and how when the doctor dies 
uh-oh, when the doctor dies, he regenerates. Just saying the word die, I was like, why? Like my first video hit over a thousand. And from what I understand of TikTok, a thousand is trash. A thousand, it, your mom can get a thousand views. So I was like, okay, no, so this is- No, no. Okay. I was like, Sometimes okay, so no. this is the base I'm working off of and I'll grow from here. And then my numbers just tanked. And I was like, why? And I was like, wait, what words can't you use on TikTok? And I had a Jonathan Majors video where I got, I mentioned he got arrested for assault. And I had a, this Doctor Who video where I just said the word die. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I had to go it's back. It's not just you saying it, DJ, because saying it, they don't as much have that. But you can't write it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you do say it, you have to change the caption. I was playing. Yeah, I was playing. I, I, when I went to re-upload it, because I, I re-uploaded the Doctor Who video, I was going to just change the caption. I was like, you know what? Better safe than sorry. I re-edited it. So I just cut out. I just cut out that reference entirely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's tough. And then they penalize you for a while and stuff. I mean, keep at it. It takes a really long time. I'm no expert by any means, and I don't use it as often as I used to. But I was able to grow pretty quickly with consistency as you'll be able to. Your videos look good. You've got the right setup, lighting. You're doing it right with the captions there at least. So it's like, hey, you'll, you'll, I think you'll reap the benefits. But I can't believe that it's that like um, the way to reap the benefits is following in the system. Well, yeah, and, that's, and that, that's kind of – it's an aspect that kind of concerns me a little bit because like you said, it's not the only way. But especially now with like the death of Twitter or at least the functional death of Twitter – um, the way it used to be, it is kind of the only way. And it's weird. It's this weird kind of like censorship situation. So it's like, you can't have Frank. I understand on the one hand, because we've all complained about how these apps have done a bad job about policing Nazis for lack of a better word, but like, you can't say the word, like, apparently you can't say the word whole. Huh? That's what I, when I was H O L E, but you can say W-H-O-L-E, huh? Yeah, like literally like you can't talk about Shia LaBeouf's holes. Like that's that would be uh, when I was trying to find words. Because believe it or not, I did try to avoid these pitfalls. I just did a bad job. Uh, that's like a word you can't say. And so it's, it's weird that it's weird that one company has such a stranglehold over the way people can communicate with each other. That makes me feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. It is frustrating. Yeah. Um, just stick with it, man. You got it. Uh, Mike Joyce says, uh, your TikToks are great, Roxy. He said we're great. We're great. I, they are. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what happened? You posted, you just posted your, your, all the TV shows about all the TV shows you watched. You know, what's so weird though, is that usually I post my top 10 TV shows Yeah. and it usually gets like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. And this one got a thousand. And then I did one right after it where I did my the five most underrated and that got 20,000. And it's like, I don't know the yeah. logic on that. Well, and I'm, I'm also, I'm experimenting with posting different times and doing different thumb, thumbnails. And I have noticed, I've noticed no consistency at this point no, about what no. will do well or what won't do well. Uh, Mike Joy says, uh, the youth seem to be on be real now. And it's like, God, I just, I just got the wherewithal to try TikTok. Don't got that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the youths are still on Snapchat, which, like, I don't use it all. Yeah, that's not that's, happening. <laughs> that's yeah, not happening. No. no. But mm -hmm. you're like, DJ, why are you trying TikTok? Well, good 
uh, question. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Kickstarter campaign starting in January. The full push starts in January, but you're, you're getting a little taste right now. You can go over the pre-launch page at gunplaymovie.com. It's the most ambitious project I've ever done. Uh, so really would appreciate you going over there to the pre-launch page. Also, apparently I can't post links in my uh, description on TikTok until I get a thousand followers. And that's been slow going. So if you that's if you all want to if you all want to go over there, it's either that or like I don't know if you have a, a business account on there, Roxy. But I did the business account because that was supposed to how you know, how you're supposed to do it. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. You want to post a website? Yeah, great. Just tell us your date of birth, your social security number, your address, your like all this stuff. Like that's not. I don't need to give China all this information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but they probably have it. Yeah, I'm tr- true. It's still, it's the principle though, I think. I don't know. Anyway, this isn't a TikTok episode. We did that before with uh, uh, Roxy's friend Jess. Check out that video. This is our top 10 TV shows. Nobody in the biz to do this better with than Roxy, talking about TV shows. But before we get into that, of course, if you want to watch this episode live, if you want to check it out ad-free, you can do that over at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. It really helps. If you're on Spotify, every week we ask a question. Last question we did were, what movies slash shows are you most looking forward to in 2024? Xavier Thomas said, The Boys, obviously. The ballerina movie from John Wick might be pretty good, but I think Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes might be the best of 2024 as far as a blockbuster. Hmm. Ori Ben Simon says, Creature Commandos slash House of the Dragon slash Deadpool 3. And if you want to know what Roxy and I are looking forward to, go back and check out the previous video. So I think how we should do this, Roxy, we're not going to do, normally we do news, but you know, this is dropping during the holidays. Uh, uh, so forget about that. Normally our top 10s run long. So let I think we should get right into it. I, for me, I'm going to go from 10 to 1, and I was going to do some like honorable mentions first because they didn't make it, but then I thought that might spoil stuff. Then you'll, then you'll know what's not on the list. Aha, aha, I see your issue. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think maybe mm-hmm. save the the um, honorable mention for the end. That's my thought. I have one complaint for you, DJ. Please. Before we jump into it. So last year I watched 115 TV shows. That's quite a few. I wanted to beat that this year. But I'm very frustrated this year. Right now I'm at 110. And we, as of this recording, we still have 10 days left in the year. Yes. Which would mean that I would need to watch six new shows in the next 10 days in order to beat my last year's number. That's ambitious. Well, I think I can do it. However, Uh let me tell you why I'm bummed. Here's why I'm bummed. Yeah. Because this year, more than any other year, I watched multiple seasons of the same show. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and I only count it once. Yeah. So, like, every time that we did a Bachelor series, I watched it. Yeah. Every time that The Circle came on or a, a new reality show that had been on, Love is Blind, whatever. Like, a lot of shows because this year, because of the strike, a lot of shows this year had part A and part mm-hmm. B or one and two, or even The Crown. Like, I just had to watch the, the second half of The Crown. Yeah. But I watched the first half already, and I didn't get to recount that as a second show, even though it really was a second season. Yeah. Well, I don't think that that's fair, DJ, and I want to take this up with management. 
Well, you, I, I will say you are the one that dictates your list. So I feel yes, like you're allowed to I am management and I would like to take it up. With <laughs> I would like myself. to take it up with yourself. Yeah. I uh, feel pretty confident. I did a better job keeping track of my movies this year because of the Letterboxd app than shows. But I feel pretty confident saying I didn't come anywhere close to that number. And I will say a few shows that didn't make it on the list, not because honorable mention, but because they're, I haven't finished them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my last, my number 10 is a little loose because maybe The Curse could be up there, but The Curse hasn't finished its run yet. I said that too, and I feel you, and I'm loving The Curse. Yeah, I'm oh, loving The Curse too, but it's not, my God. is it my favorite show of the year? I, I don't know that I'll know until it's done. The chicken stuff is killing me. The chi- which is the the which part is the chicken stuff? Chicken in the bathroom. Oh my god! Yeah, in the bathroom. The Why stuff. the bathroom? All the chicken stuff is cracking <clears throat> me up. Um, hmm. the the thing that I find it doesn't come up that often. It came up a lot in the first episode, and, and it was briefly touched on the recent episode. And I don't know how to touch on it. Is um. Um, how to say this, uh, Nathan Fielder's character has a physical deficit, uh, um, that will, we see, and it's never not upsetting every time they, I was like, every time I'm like, why are you doing that again? Oh my god! I don't. Oh my god! I hope it's a pros. I hope this is a prosthetic. <laughs> must be. Must be. Because and, they do that in Dave as well. Yeah, and it's well, yeah, but I don't think we've seen. For one thing, that seems like a legitimate thing, little Dicky. Yeah. is dealing with that he's processing and i don't know the i don't remember have we seen it in dave is There's it just that, descriptors well what was the episode with like the diaper such i'm trying to remember i don't know i yeah. don't know yeah yeah it's just one of those like i've forgotten about it and then there's this one shot in the most recent episodes i was like oh my god oh my god. the show is excellent yeah. it's excellent it's not as good as the rehearsal yes and i think but it's very good here's why i think that's true for me because i agree with you I think the re- because the rehearsal is a comedy, like objectively a comedy, whereas this is more of a drama, it's easier to watch. Like this one yeah. sometimes it's genuinely, there's moments that are genuinely hard to watch. Yeah, that I want to, I really want to fast forward through. Yeah. But yeah. I love cringe TV and this is that. Yeah, very, oh my God, oh my God. Emma Stone's so good in it. Anyway, so the point is, The Curse might be my number 10, but it hasn't finished yet. I just started watching Murder at the End of the World. I'm well, like, I hear that's excellent. That, I've heard th- things like that too. So I started watching it. I like it so far, but I haven't finished it. Is it my show? Is it one of my shows of the year? I suspect, I learned that it was made by the same person that made the OA, which I really did not enjoy. And so that's kind of clouding my like, I'm not going to get too invested in this because I'm worried they're going to pull an OA and this will all be a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Can I tell you shows that I am intending on watching that I haven't seen yet so people know why they're not on my list? Please. Okay. Dead Ringers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what even what show? network is that even on? No idea. It seems like a prime show, but I have no idea. Yeah, because I heard about it too uh, based on the Cronenberg movie and all that, but it's like I don't even know where to watch it. But anyway, okay, Dead Ringers. One Piece, which yes. I have not seen, hear great things about. Uh, the Diplomat, that's the Carrie Russell one, and yeah. I loved American, so yeah. I feel like this would be a good follow-up. Mrs. Davis, which I hear is yeah. really good as well. That's a Peacock um, joint, right? I think. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm a Virgo, which I haven't seen. Real but good. I, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like Ajita about it because I'm not obsessed with the way that Boots has been acting recently. But like, I, I hear this is a great show. So yeah. I do want to watch it. Um, Top Boy, which is a British show on Netflix that I've just been hearing people rave about forever. And I think maybe it had its final season of five seasons. And I'm going to do a whole binge on this. Gotcha. I can't get to that till January because I'm trying to hit my yeah. my count this year. And then the second season of Somebody Somewhere, which is that HBO show that I told you about last year that I loved. Yeah. And came out this year. Um, oh, and also Fargo. I didn't watch this season of Fargo that started dropping in November. Yeah. And I love Fargo. So yeah. uh, those are a few that I'm like, could they end up making my list? And then since I put out my TikTok or Instagram, whatever list, I did finish Reservation Dogs, which I do love. I'm sure is somewhere on your list, DJ. It didn't what? make my top 10, <laughs> but I do love, love, love that show. Oh, so you met, you got to um, uh, meeting um, uh, her dad, the girl that I did. It's good. It's a good. That was, I thought, unbelievable. And she has so much grace that I don't think I would have. Yeah. Yeah. It it really does. I don't necessarily want to spoil it, but it does require the, I think the casting was very strategic. It's like, we kind of need you to like this guy. Right. So who's a good person to get that might be kind of a deadbeat? Like you see, yeah, this guy could be a deadbeat also, but you you kind of can't help but like the person. <laughs> what I'm hoping is that he was like, I'm a massive fan of this show. Put mm-hmm. me in, coach. Because yeah. for them to cold reach out to him yeah. at the, calib- the, the star level of him, mm-hmm. that's a, quite the ask. But then again, it is a Taika show. Yeah. So yeah, maybe he could make the call. I also yeah. this might get into light spoilers. Having just watched the before trilogy and being a big fan of Linklater's work, the second he showed up, I was like, "That's that's what the show reminds me of. It reminds me of a Richard Linklater movie. You know what I mean? Where it's just kind of like you're just existing with these people." Yeah, I like him a lot too. I did not like Boyhood, but I do like him a lot in yeah. general. Yeah, I love slice of life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's dive in to our lists. Uh, again, for me, uh, I'm going to go 10 to 1. That does not necessarily need to be what Roxy does, but that's what I'm going to do. And I just am going to have an enjoyable time in which I I tell you what they are, but then maybe try to do like the the bottom half is the bottom half, top half is the top half, totally. but not in order. Totally, totally, totally. So so the last one's important because, again, it, you know, maybe the curse could bump it. Maybe uh, uh, Murder Than the World could bump it. But right now, as it stands, everything else is pretty locked in. Uh, as it stands, my 10th favorite show this year was The Last of Us. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, we talked about it. This was one. I'm probably going to spend more time on the shows that we couldn't talk about because of the strike because we haven't had a chance to talk about them. Last of Us, we talked about. I'm a fan of the games. I think the show did an excellent job adapting it. Uh, I don't know that it quite nailed the ending the same way the ending of the game impacted me. Like it didn't create that same feeling. But um, I thought the cast was phenomenal. I thought the storytelling was phenomenal. Last of Us. You know what I'm going to do, DJ? Yeah. When there's something on your list that's on mine, I'm just going to talk about it after you so then we don't end up coming back to it and talking about it twice. That's a great idea. The Last of Us is also on my list. Hell yeah. Uh, is this the best video game adaptation ever? It is definitely up there. It might be. Of what I've seen, this could be numero uno. I loved this. Yeah. I think that they just absolutely nailed it. It's the dynamic duo of the year. 
mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they just, it was lucky that this was an HBO thing. It was lucky that they got, not lucky, but the two, the two actors had such extreme chemistry. Yeah. And I, I thought that they did an unbelievable world building job here. Can't wait for season two. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and they did, as far as the video game adaptation part goes, they did a good job staying true to the source material while also using it as an opportunity to flesh out different characters, explore different aspects of their world. Um, I, I definitely, it is definitely at the, the, the top. The only thing I think might compete with it as far as video game adaptations go is, um, and this wouldn't be up your alley, Roxy, but the, there's an anime adaptation of Castlevania, um, that is excellent. And the gap between the two, like the last of us game story is our, basically this story. It's already a really good story. Castlevania is your guy goes from like right to left killing monsters. And they made this anime that deals with, you know, these intricate personal relationships and stuff like that. So the, the only thing Castlevania has over last of us is the material it's working off of is a lot thinner and it made a lot more out of it. Um, so Last of Us is on both of our lists. I wonder how much overlap there will be. I can guarantee this one's not going to be on Roxy's list because it's animated. Mm. My Adventures with Superman is my number nine pick uh, because this was a new show. I watched it on Max. It's an adult swim show. This was one that was kind of on the bubble when Zaslav was axing stuff left and right. It is a new an- Superman animated series from the same studio that did Legends of Korra, um, which uh, if you know that, you know that it's a beautiful. Uh, and so this show is beautiful. And what makes it special is that it is it takes a lot of anime tropes and applies them to Superman, which really refreshes it, I feel like, for a new generation. And it's an, a great opportunity. It's a great jumping on point for, for younger people that may not... Uh, be associated with Superman or people whose only experience with Superman are the Snyder movies where he's dark and brooding. This really uh, gets to the core of the character, introduces some interesting wrinkles and might be my favorite adaptation of Lois Lane because at the end of the day, even though, you know, this is a Superman show, he's fighting monsters and stuff like that. The heart of the show is his relationship with Lois and Jimmy. And it really spends a lot of time on like, why are Clark and Jimmy friends? What does Lois see in Clark? What does Clark see in Lois? How do they deal with, you know, his secret? How, you know what I mean? Um, uh, what is Lois bringing to the table that, that Clark is unable to? That sort of thing. And so it's, it's probably the most fleshed out Lois Lane has been in a very long time. Um, and genuinely in your soul of souls, DJ, you preferred this to the last of us for me. So, so this is, this will be important for both, um, the movies and the TV. This is, I think these episodes are like, like, what are the best? This isn't my best of list. Like, like this is DJ's favorite. Like what impacted DJ, DJ the most? What is he most likely to revisit? Um, and, uh, what brought him the most amount of, joy that's a weird word to use for last entertainment entertainment like yeah what what impacted him the most so for me um, him isn't you yeah for yeah for 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 me for me um 
this is this was a real breath of fresh air. It was a real surprise. And again, I'm a big Superman fan. And so to see something that really captures what you love about the character in a way that you think is very accessible for for new generations is really exciting. Like if mm-hmm. I had kids, I'd be so stoked to be like, watch this. If you want to know why dad loves Superman, this watch this show. This show gets it. Um, and especially since our main source of DC content has been the DCU, which love it or hate it, DCU has been, you know, uh, I would say volatile. It's been kind of up and down to see something so just really like clean uh, that gets to the heart of what you love about a character. Yeah. So for me, this is number nine. For me, the next one I want to talk about is a show that actually came out in the first half of the year. But when I did my top shows in the first half of the year, I didn't put it on my list. Yeah. And the reason was, I feel like it's impacted me more and more as time went on. And I just find it to be even more special. The show is Jury Duty. Nice. And I think that one of the ways that I make these lists, for you, it's your favorite. For me, it's kind of a combo of different things. But I always like to think, if the Emmys or the Oscars were held 10 years later, about that year, what would be the show that we remembered from that year? What's Mm -hmm. like unique to that year? And I think that kind of like the first year of the pandemic, how Tiger King was the show. Yeah. Not saying it was the best show of the year, but it it was like the it show of that year. I kind of feel that way about jury duty this year. Jury duty really embodies 2023. It was like a WTF show. It put freebie on the map, which is how you and I, uh, also end up well you ended up with primo and then i love that show also i think that they have done just such a great job getting one star on the show so that you watch Mm -hmm. but then the rest of it it's interesting it's like a, a study on characters and humans and how we move and it all ends up working because the main uh guy is just so ronnie is just so lovable and genuine and kind and so in a in a year in which we do need heart and soul and kindness this show had it yeah and uh yeah i definitely think it's like kind of the it show of 2023 i think that's a good way of looking at stuff because sometimes you look at like uh, oscars or whatever and like a go-to would be like the artist and it's like i mean i haven't seen the movie i'm sure it's great but it's like was that was that the movie we're going to remember like I watched it on an airplane, DJ. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that going to be... Uh, I know this will be controversial for some because both are are still iconic, but it's it's still like um, uh, Forrest Gump winning out over Pulp Fiction. It's like, yeah, we, but one of those had a bitter, bigger impact on the way we made movies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I do think that we shouldn't be allowed to vote for movies year of because we end up botching it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I think your your perspective of, of thinking ahead... Uh, out what'll be so jury duty i'm making um putting your stuff in as as I, uh, we go through my next one was a show introduced to me by roxy and that's paul t goldman on peacock which is one of those like the rehearsal <clears throat> it's one of those like shows that's hard to believe it exists and is also hard to describe uh, but it's basically, you know, correct me if you have a better description, Roxy, but basically it's, we're following um, this this Paul T. Goldman as he's made a fictionalized version of himself that's stopping sex trafficking across the world and trying to dig into who is this real person, how did he escape into this fantasy world, and in what 
in some ways, what harm has he done in, in that it's, it's just, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard show to describe, but it is like, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting expansion of what the medium of TV can do. Yeah. I think it's a great pick DJ. It's kind of similar to jury duty and like, it's very unique to this year. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a one season and done. You couldn't really nope. recreate it. Uh, and also it's, it's great that it's on your list because it came out in January, you know, like that it was top of the year. So many people missed this, yep. but then it just kind of kept gaining traction at some point where people were just like, what the f- is the show? Is this guy real? What's yeah. up? Uh, and by the end you kind of feel bad. So yeah. Good pick. Yeah. And it's a weird, but it is this, the ending is really bittersweet because in some ways, you know, or at least the way I felt you do feel bad for, for Paul, but also like, Paul's done some damage. He's not. He's not blameless. It's it's an interesting exploration of a, a specific type of person. Um, so yeah. So for me, that is number eight as Paul T. Goldman. I'm gonna go next with. Mm, okay, I'm gonna do shrinking. Shrinking. This is a show that I think was. It has a lot of star power. Jason Segel, Harrison Ford. Um, and so many more. It is a show that is like full of a lot of heart, but really funny. Uh, that has unique quirks to it, like somebody collecting and painting rocks. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of different, they paid attention to every corner of this show, which I really liked. It's also one of the easiest to recommend to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could recommend this to my grandparents, to my siblings, to my parents. Like any, any age, I feel like people really end up enjoying this and nobody that I recommended this show to had anything bad to say about it. Cause it's just, it's like, for lack of better words, kind of lovely mm-hmm. and deals with grief. And, um, I think that shows that try to tackle grief and tackle it in a way that are, is helpful and honest. It's a big undertaking and they, they really nailed this one. Yeah, I, my wife have been and I have been watching Shrinking. We haven't finished it yet, but it's uh, it's really good so far. And um, this has been a good year for Harrison Ford between this really and good. 1923. Even though I didn't love 1923, he's very good in it. And he had a full blown Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, that was less good, but that's you know that's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got three totally. good ones under his belt. I can forgive two, not ones that I don't love. Um, so this one's one I just recently watched. It's on Max. Uh, it's this show called Scavengers Rain. It's an animated series that's unlike anything else I've watched this year. You you follow a group of people. It's set in some uh, future time where humans are doing interstellar travel. And it follows a group of people that had to escape what is functionally like a freight trip, uh, ship. They're, they're hauling cargo across the solar system galaxy, whatever. And, um, so they, uh, uh, escape onto this planet and they're separated. So you're following groups of people. Like there's two people over here and then one person on a robot over here. And then this one guy over here. And, um, they're each trying to make their way back to the ship, which has been brought down to the planet. And they're trying to survive the alien creatures that are, that are there. But what's really interesting about it is, is the show's ability to show, don't tell, if a creature does something, all these sci-fi creatures are doing crazy sci-fi things, but the show always takes the time to show you why the creature might do this as an animal behavior, not as some like, I'm out to get you, but it's like, this is just, we're nature. This is how, this on this planet, this is how things work. So for example, 
um, there's a point where a uh, character is looking at something and these like floating puffball spores start attaching to her skin and she has trouble pulling them off. And then she sees this creature come out of the ground that the spores are coming off of and the spores attach to another creature and the bigger creature with the spores eats the other creature. So you see, oh, these spores aren't just happening. This is how this creature hunts. You know what I mean? And every no matter how outlandish the offer is, the show takes the time to be like, here's how this works within this environment. And it does, and it's a fantastic exploration of, I think, of people and the way people operate and our relationship with nature. Because not only, at a certain point, these people are trying to survive the environment, but inevitably the the environment changes them and they change the environment. Like they're connected, whether they want to be or not. Uh, for example, um, the antagonist that has, it, it, you know a show has a good antagonist, that the, just them being present on screen, you're like, oh fuck, not this guy. Oh yeah, god yeah, damn yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but there's this this one one of the survivors um, develops a symbiotic relationship with a creature on the planet. It has this goo that it spits in the creature's mouths, and then that creature does stuff for it. And so it does that to this human. But the human's an invasive species, so it's way more successful than any of the other things that it had in its thrall. And so this creature becomes huge and it develops and, and uh, it controls this guy through his memory. So he, we see this guy's memories in his history. And so there's the show without ever saying it does a good job of illustrating that, that the two are connected. And so this guy's hangups kind of become the creature's hangups and it becomes because functionally he's an invasive species at this point, it becomes way more powerful than everything around it. And it's just a real, as the show progresses, it becomes a real fucking problem. Um, another great example is the robot. There's a fungus that gets into its circuitry and you realize that it's re the robots gaining consciousness. It's creating new pathways, neural pathways in the robot and it's becoming self-aware. Uh, and so it's just really cool, great sci-fi stuff. It's really interesting. It's great paced. It's the animation's beautiful. It's a really great show. Is it for any age? No. It's very violent. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, are they swearing? Is there nudity? A, like, is it? So there's there's a little bit of nudity in flashbacks because again, mostly it's them surviving. Um, uh, there's a little bit of cursing, but there's not a lot of dialogue in it. Um, but it is very violent. Um, so like invincible level. Um, you know, not invincible because you could you could say that invincible levels on can level on gratuitous. This is never that, but it's it's um, like for example, the the creature I was talking about that connects makes a human its thrall. It has psychic abilities, and it like snaps somebody's neck, like literally like whips their head around and, and breaks okay. their neck and stuff like that. Um, and it can it can be uh, bloody. So I would say you know. Uh, it's definitely for adults, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, uh, 14 or older or whatever. I don't know the TV ratings, but you know, um, it's definitely meant for adults and it's definitely adult in its themes. You know, it's not necessarily like a fun, it's, it's very meditative. Yeah. Okay. My next one is a show that I also can recommend to pretty much anybody. And it's the only show of this time period that makes me feel the way that, the Office or 30 Rock or um, Parks and Rec or any of those classic, not well, I guess classic's a weird word, but any no. of those sitcoms made me feel. It's Abbott Elementary. It's the only network show that makes my list. It is like the most necessary show of this time because it is just a comedy. Mm -hmm. It is a laugh out loud, feel good, 
fall in love with these characters, lover of love, shipper of ships, workplace sitcom. And I, it's the only one I'm watching like this because it's just really, really well written. And I like the characters a lot. Yeah, I think uh, Abbott is fantastic. It's a bummer. We didn't get more episodes in the fall uh, due to the strikes. I think the only thing that I can think of close to this, when you're talking about, I think classic, I think it's hard for you and I to admit, but I think, isn't The Office like 20 years old at this point? I don't know. I don't know, DJ. I can't talk about it. Yeah, so I think it is. I think classic is 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 not too far off. Um, but the closest thing I can think to this is something like Primo, where it's like, oh, a sitcom. I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, I love Primo. Primo is so great, too. Yeah. Um, Abbott Elementary, I just think, is has like a, a little more, it's almost a little more formulaic, and therefore kind of I am just enjoying knowing exactly what it is and having it be the best version of the type of show it is. It also has more room to breathe. I think Primo, Primo only got like, what, six episodes? Whereas Abbott got a full season. Yeah, because Abbott was on for the first few months of the year, right? And then mm -hmm. went away. We didn't get the fall, but yeah. Yeah, really good. but the fall would have, even then the fall would have been a new season, I think. Right, right, so right. This one actually mm -hmm. finished its run. Great show. For me, on the opposite end of the comedy TV spectrum, Barry... Uh, I thought this season is the best season probably since the first, um, even though it, it's by far the darkest season. But in some ways, there was a comfort knowing we were at the bottom. It's like we're not – there's no – there's no, no the, it can't fall out further beneath us. This is, this is as deep as we can go. Um, and it was a real testament. Didn't Bill Hader direct every episode this season? I don't know. That's cool if he did. I think he might have. Uh, I'm not going to look it up. Um, but it's, it's a testament to his growth and skill as a director, um, and as a performer, although I don't want to sleep on, I should have had notes for these shows cause I'm, you know, in the middle of talking about it, I'm blanking on it, but the actress that plays Sally, um, Sarah, does, Gold Sarah Goldberg. Goldberg does incredible yeah. work. Um, and of course like, uh, 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 Noho Hank, uh, played by Anthony Kerrigan, like these characters that you love and it is tough to see them make decisions that you don't necessarily want, but are believable to the characters. And it is a dark ending, but it is, it is, I think they already did Golden Globe nominations. This is nominated for best comedy, right? Something like that. I think so. It's a drama. Don't, don't let the 30 minute runtime fool you. This is a drama with jokes in it. And it can be very funny. I also think this might've been uh, one of the funniest seasons, um, but uh, it, it is a drama. It is dark. It is bleak. Um, but it is also existential in a way that I really respond to. And I think it does a good job discussing how we, uh, can like as Americans, um, deal with violence, process violence and consume violence in our media. Uh, great show, uh, bummed. You know what, Roxy, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not bummed that it's gone. It's good that, cause it's, you know, it's it could be harrowing at times, but these four seasons, it's a it's a great show, and I'm glad it got to end on its own terms. Yeah, it is a good, really, really solid show. Bill Hader did direct every episode this season and wrote half of them. Really uh, good. I I think the reason this didn't make my list, it's kind of unfair to the show, but this show ended the same time that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel ended, mm -hmm. that Succession ended, that some of the biggest shows ended, and this finale didn't stack up to me the way those did. Totally. Like, I loved this show 
And I love that it did morph, but I don't know that it completely delivered on what it promised in the first season. Mm -hmm. And it did kind of take on a whole new life. And it was so dark. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, yeah, it's definitely, light. yeah, it's not an easy watch. It, it definitely first episode is like, hey, kind of a dark comedy. By the end, it's like, yeah, this is a fucking bleak drama. <laughs> this is a yeah. bleak existential drama. Is what this show is. Totally. Uh, okay, the, I was saving this one because I thought maybe it would be on your list, but you haven't mentioned it yet, so maybe it's not. Gen V. This is mm. my favorite superhero show of the year. I think that this is the best superhero show of the year. I love the boys, obviously. I have been a big, big boys fan for a long time. Thought that there was absolutely no way that Gen V was going to be as good as the boys. Yeah. And then I watched it and it just hit me in an even more powerful way than the boys did. Yeah. Even though I think that the boys might be a more solid show. They're both really solid, but Gen V to me, because it does such a great job of dealing with like, you know, I love those coming of age shows. Yeah. And this is talking about, um real life issues in a superhero way and what and how to navigate certain conversations around eating disorders or cutting um but also around authority and in general i just thought with them introducing all of these new characters and then having touches of the boys characters yeah and and still being a superhero show, which let's be honest, you and I are nerdy. So is one of my mm-hmm. favorite genres. Yep. It was like mind blowingly good. Totally. Totally. Uh, it didn't make my list. I think it's, I think it's excellent though. And I do understand why uh, you would respond maybe more to this than even the boys, because it is definitely more accessible in that it's young people discovering themselves. We've all been there. It's a more diverse cast. You know, the boys is like, which angry white guy is gonna, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, which is great. I love the boys. Um, but it, this is definitely a more accessible story and similar to you. Um, cause spinoffs are normally bad, you know? Right. And it's like, and the boys is such a specific voice. That it's like, well, this is probably not going to be... It just doesn't feel like it's built for spinoffs. And then within the first episode, it's like, oh, actually, this is probably going to be real good. <laughs> this has got all the stuff to be real good. Yeah, really excellent. So for me, this is one that I'm, pro- I'm going to... Was probably going to be on your list. I think everything left on my list might be on your list. I'm not sure. I've been trying to angle it that way. We'll, we'll see. Th- we'll see. This one is Silo, which is a new Apple TV Plus sci-fi series um starring rebecca ferguson and i'll say we talked a little bit about the show but i'll say this about it it does not fuck around like the first i think like the first half of the season every episode a character you love is gonna die like it's gonna be it like uh but and it but it's not just that it's not just the 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 that kind of surprises you i think we just talked about silo the other day but um it's built around a mystery and normally those can be very you know, in a post-loss world, it's like, are we going to pay this off? And this, it does an incredible job of answering the question. It presents a question in the pilot and it answers that question. What is outside the silo? That answer gives you a hundred other questions. Like, like, wait, now that I know what's outside the silo, what does that mean for everything else that I know? And so it's a, because in today's day and age, it's like, is this going to, I can't, there's no guarantee this is going to get multiple seasons. So if you leave me on a like no answers cliffhanger, that's not great. It doesn't do that. Uh, and the ride is excellent. It, it it takes a lot of twists, but all the twists are believable. Silos on my list. 
Yeah, this is my favorite show of the year. And to the point where like I almost get offended when I'm reading everybody's top tens if it's not on there, but then I justify it. And I'm like, oh, they didn't see it. Yeah. It must be. Like if it's not on your top 10 list of the year, I honestly believe that you didn't see this show. Yeah. Because it is just so good. It is to me, Severance has a slight edge on this. Obviously, mm-hmm. that wasn't this year. Yeah. But I'm just to me, there's similar types of shows. And they're both Apple shows. Yeah. They're both Apple shows. They both have unbelievable actors. Yeah. They are re- like make you think and ask yourself, what would you do in mm-hmm. this scenario? And uh I I think that Silo, like Severance, also had the best season finale of the year. Yeah. Where we do get that answer. But like you said, Okay, but now what? And also, I don't really know what's going on outside the silo. I see something, but mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of that. No. So, you know, I just think that this show is is the bee's knees. It is the best of the year. Uh, wow, Leonard Kim says he saw silo. It's not even his top 25. That I, is appalling to me. Sorry, Leonard Kim. Yeah. I think that's shocking. Like, I, I, as a viewer, my favorite thing is things that make me think about for lack of better words, myself. Well, how yeah. would I navigate this? What mm-hmm. would I do? How would I be feeling? And like you said, it's got that. You didn't say this part, but it's got that Game of Thrones element to it too, where it's like none of your people are safe. Mm-hmm. So the the stakes are always so fucking high on this show because at any given moment somebody can be axed. Yeah. Uh, and also, even the people who aren't being axed, just the people who go outside to clean whatever we don't know what happens to are they they are they not what's mm-hmm. happening so there's just so many questions but also if for some reason there never was a season two to this which there is going to be yeah but i felt satisfied with knowing that they did give us a little bit and being totally. like, that was a full season story that was brilliant tv telling storytelling yeah. and yeah just the performances too just killer and lover love shipper ships they gave me a little bit of that as well yeah and it's great world building like everything that they introduce makes sense um so far you told me about this one dj yeah yeah it's it was i don't know why maybe it's just rebecca ferguson i was like i'll watch a sci-fi show with rebecca Fer- let's do it uh and um uh and it, it was great and also like when you're talking about like nobody's safe there's there's a couple times especially later in the season where it'll ends on a cliffhanger where like is Rebecca Ferguson safe? And it's like, truthfully, I don't know. You've already changed protagonists at least twice now. Yeah, that first episode, after the first episode, I was like, what? Yeah, wait, I thought this person, you advertise as if this person was part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, shocked. And then, and I, and then you're I like, okay, I guess we're following this guy. And then episode two, you're like, okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild, wild. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good, good, good show. Apple TV Plus, man. This severance. It's, they're my favorite network right now because like shows like even the morning show didn't make my list, but you know I I ride for that show yep. so heavy. Yep. So uh next for me is Warrior, which is a little bittersweet as of this moment. It was just axed, it just had its third season, it was just axed at max. However, because Zaslav is stripping Max for parts. It is being picked up. The three seasons that have already aired have been picked up by Netflix. So there's a chance if all of you go and watch it on Netflix, we'll get a season four. Maybe I will because I hear from everyone that I respect that this show is amazing. This show rips. So basically it is um, uh, Bruce Lee back when he was alive. He was pitching a show um, that ended up 
kind of being taken from him, unfortunately, became Kung Fu. But those original notes were taken by his wife and were given, I believe, to the producer of Banshee, which was another great action show on Cinemax. And it became this show. And so the action in it is the best on TV, uh, if not some of the best in media. The characters and the storytelling are surprisingly nuanced for what is functionally a high-octane action show. If you've never watched a show on Cinemax... Um, at least any Cinemax show I've watched, it's uh, titties and blood. Like it's really just going straight for the your lizard brain, um, and so that's what you're you're kind of buckled in for. And it has those things, but there's so much more going uh, on here with you know character loyalties, and it's set in um, early uh, 1900s San Francisco, so dealing with you know uh, Im- uh, uh, racism against Chinese immigrants. Um, uh, and there's just so much going on and the characters are so easy to love and I can't, huh? It is based in, in early 1900s, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. So you're, you're following, you're following Assam as, um, who's looking for a sister and he's part of the Chinese immigrant community in early 1900s. I think the late 1800s, but I believe it's early 1900s, um, San Francisco, uh, and there's a lot of tensions between the Chinese community and the Irish community because they're both uh, immigrant communities. Uh, and of course, you know, the Irish are valid because they're white, uh, but but uh, more valued comparatively, but they're still whatever. All that stuff is in there. It's it's handled. And especially by the third season, they've really ironed it out. Like in the first couple seasons, they're like, hey, let's throw some white people in here as protagonists because we feel like we need that for some reason. By the third season, like, that doesn't matter. (laughs) Nobody, it's like when the first season of Pose where they're like, Evan Peters, do you need a straight white guy in here to like, no, you don't? All right, forget him. Uh, You know, it's that kind of a thing. Like, we don't don't need that. We love these characters. We love this world. Um, And again, really can't stress this enough. Every action sequence, it just will blow your mind. There's elements that are like, because of the setting, are like old westerns. There's an episode in the in the first season that's kind of a bottle episode that is like, we're just going to do a straight Western this episode. It's so good. Everybody should watch it. Roxy, watch it. Everybody watch it. I really, it, it does end on a, it, if there isn't, if there's never another season, season three ends on a note that's like, this is good. This I'm okay with this. Is season three better than season one and two? Yes. I think season three, each season is great. I think season three is easily the best of the That's show. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Um, so even though I don't necessarily need another season, I really want one. So please go watch this on Netflix. I feel like the Netflix audience will really respond to this. Uh, and it's already, it was already, once Max got looped, excuse me, once Cinemax got looped into HBO Max, this was already on the bubble. So it's already gotten brought back for season three. Let's see if we can get a season four out of it, everybody. Let's see what we, what we can make happen. I believe in you. Thank you, Roxy. You're welcome. Next one, I'm very curious if this ends up making your list. I feel like you didn't love it as much this season, but maybe it is. Uh, Dave, we, we mentioned it earlier in the show as well. Dave, to me, is, you guys know my favorite genre is cringe television. Dave is the best. Dave and Rami continue to be, like, the two best consistent cringe television shows that there are. Kings of cringe. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
If there was ever a Dave and Rami crossover, yeah, I feel like I would lose my shit. Dave and Rami with Nathan Fielder, it's like, is this is this even watchable? Do I need? Does it need a, like a content warning? Like at maximum cringe. <laughs> right. Um, Rami wasn't on this season. I mean, Mm-mm. this this year. Yeah. So David is. Yeah. Uh, I think that it, it is so. It's half because of Dave and half because of Gata. Yeah. The cameos this season were insane. This insane. Is the, biggest, the craziest cameos of any show I've ever seen ever might have been this show this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the last episode. But also just like that entire A-list celebrity episode. Yep. Um, but then every pop-in that we also do with like musicians and Mm -hmm. at every party it's just crazy because people clearly like Lil Dicky yeah and they want to be on his show that they also think is hysterical and great uh yeah the the kidnapped episode this season was Mm -hmm. like I mean you could not look away yeah but there was a lot of moments a lot of heart from Gata too it actually does try to tackle some real like mental health issues on this show yeah. and artist issues and like being a creative and an artist means having a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that consistently this show is just every season. Excellent. Yeah. Dave is great. Dave isn't my honorable mention. Didn't crack the top 10, but still very was on the, you know, I got my little sub like stuff that was on the list at one point and maybe got bumped down. Dave is in that little. Yep. I hear you. Uh, but it, it definitely a great season. And and like you said, like the cameo, like we just talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, yeah, I think it was during the show with Reservation Dogs. It's like, yeah, but Dave, man, the pull, yeah. the pull Dave gets is insane. It's crazy. And I also just hear from behind the scenes, because I know some people who've worked on the show, that he looks at every, and it's probably very annoying to work with him, mm-hmm. but that's not what they said, but that uh, that's my assessment because yeah. he looks at every frame of every second of every episode. And I have to respect artists that are creators that d- themselves go in for every single minute. Yeah. Like not a do this. I'm sure it's probably annoying to be micromanaged, but like mm-hmm. he has a true vision for this show and yeah. we get to see it executed and it's really good. Also the, um, What's Daisy's name? Um, mm. The, the uh, Agents of Shield girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's that yeah. whole thing this mm-hmm. season yep. too, you know. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Well, listen. If Dave the man is anything like Dave the character on the show, he might be difficult to work with. He might be <laughs> very challenging to work with, and I, and you know, I, in the same way that I'm sure Larry David can probably be challenging, and that's his full blown show, and he probably has a lot of similarities to his character on Curb. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these people. Uh, same thing probably with Rami. Same thing yep. with every single one of these comedians who makes a show about themselves. Yes. Yep. Uh, Leonard Kim helping us out. Chloe Bennett. Yes. And by the way, I only watched the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Daisy, it didn't end up being her name, right? No, it, it, you actually did a good job because it was Sky, Sky? in the first okay. season and then it ended up being Daisy. So okay, the okay. fact that you, you're like, Daisy, it's like you're ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this is one that's probably going to be on your list. Succession. So this was a weird one for me because I hadn't watched it before this year. You talked about watching multiple seasons. I watched all four seasons. I like I I was like binging to catch up to the final episode. Um, and yeah, everybody's right. It was real good. It was real well wit, real well written. I'm still blown away. I've seen other shows attempt this. Now knowing 
that they were mimicking Succession. Um, every episode, not every episode, a bulk of the episodes are functionally bottle episodes. Like, here's a location, here's a situation. How does everybody respond to this situation? The culmination of that being, I can't remember the character's name, uh, but the wedding episode this season. Shiv? Uh, no, the uh, older brother, his wedding, where we, I don't, don't I don't know that I want to spoil Connor? succession. Yeah, oh, Connor's okay. wedding, Connor's wedding episode um, is one of the best, most realistic, like the way it plays out is the most realistic TV swerve I've ever seen. Um, where it plays out in a way that feels very believable, not just to this world, but to life. Um, I think that might be the best episode of the show. But again, it all, I watched all four seasons within like a month. Uh, so it all kind of bleeds together. But, uh, and I thought the finale was perfect. As somebody that just watched it all, I thought the finale was like, yeah, this feels right. Everybody loses. <laughs> Everybody loses, but not in the way you want them to. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, so I, y'all were right. I'm bummed I didn't watch it earlier. Succession, very good. <laughs> yeah, of course, this is on my list as well, DJ. Because the two things that I am mostly, well, I'm a host, of course, too, but I'm a But you're also a billionaire. And, no. <laughs> and I'm a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a billionaire and I'm a prick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a writer and I'm an actress. Yeah. And this is the best written, best performed show on TV. Yeah. So the just the scripts alone are mind-blowingly good. And then them bringing them to life. I I think that this probably be, would, would be the most miserable set to be on mm. because I hear that there are multiple method actors in this show <laughs> mm-hmm. and that it's like an actual living hell. Yeah. Uh, I That sucks. It shouldn't have to be like that. However, what they did worked. Yes. I also thought that the finale was effing perfect. I thought that it spoke to the show perfectly uh, because F everybody, yep. you know, like uh, at points in the show, you wonder like, does this show have a favorite person, a person they think's better than another mm-hmm. person? And then by the end, you kind of realize like, oh, screw everybody yeah. on this show. Really, really and truly, uh, you mother effing billionaires who are, who think you have problems, but you're ruling the entire world and you are your only problem is you. Yeah. Uh, It's just so good. It's a, it's crazy because I think you didn't watch the show when it came out for the reason that a lot of people didn't watch the show and it didn't come out. You never verbalized this, but it doesn't seem like a show that you would need to watch because it's a, a show about rich white people complaining. Yeah. And that sounds miserable. Mm -hmm. And why would I want to watch that? This show has no business being as good as it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a million shows like this in the past. Things like Billions, uh, which is another show that I really like. But when you try to sell it to somebody and I'm like, no, no, DJ, you got to watch the show. It's about a family mm-hmm. who's super loaded. Yeah. The richest family. And they're all pieces of shit. Yeah. And they're all out to get each other. And every every single character on the show is white. Yeah. And then it's like, watch it. <laughs> why would i watch that but for some reason the story they decided to tell was so unbelievably engaging and really like a true window into the soul uh of the murdoch family or insert any billionaire family yeah. that you guys would like they just nailed it they nailed it yeah and i think you're i think you're right in what makes that compelling when you talk about gets to the heart of it it really the the it's a di- it's it's not celebrating these people it's diagramming like no you need to understand how these people's brains work 
the way it's broken. And, and you need to understand it because it's impacting all of our lives, whether we like it or not. Like, especially when you get in the final season and they're basically trying to decide, like, how hard do we throw an election? Like, how, you know what I mean? It, we and, and it's like, yeah, it's actually important that we understand. Not only is it well-written and well-acted, but it is kind of important that we know how these people's brain works. And you're right, because there are times where it's like, wait, do you want me to like this character? And the show's like, no, no, never, ever. <laughs> like, I will say, still love Tom and Greg. Yeah. Uh, 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 happy they ended up together. My favorite relationship on the show. You know, you talk about love or love, shipper and ships. That's I want. I want those two together to fly into the to the sun together. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're the worst and they're awful people, but you know they deserve each other. Um, so yeah, glad you kept pushing it. Glad I finally watched it. Um, and now understand why. Like, like righteous gemstones is ripping off this show. Like I didn't realize how many shows are trying to rip yeah. off this show until I watched it. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Okay, so I guess we're back to me. Hold on. So this one, all right, so I know there's some controversy around this one. Controversy aside, just talking about the show, the subject matter uh, itself. Beef. I I love this show. Not only did I love this show, not only did I think it was well acted, not only did I that I find the story very compelling. As somebody that you know struggles with being angry sometimes, this I felt like this show understood that the best. Understood like the emotional dynamics of what comes behind that, and the way it's hard to describe, but just the way that like external factors and internal factors combined to you being an angry person it felt like oh you guys get it you know you understand um and even to the degree the scene that really stood out to me so for the people that don't know uh uh, one guy a a road rage incident spirals into the most insane rivalry you've seen on tv (laughs) um where these two characters are are trying to steven yoon and ali wong are trying to one-up each other and it just really gets out of hand um but there's a scene where steven yoon character is at and he goes to a fucking church. It's like, I understand this guy. Um, they're doing like a pickup game, a pickup basketball game um, at, at the church. And uh, the Stephen Yoon's ex is with like the pastor. No, he's the worship leader. And the worship leader is frustrated about Stephen Yoon's bullshit. And he lashes out on the basketball court. And everybody's like, this guy, why? Even Stephen Yoon's like, why is he acting that way? It's like, dude, you know why? You do the same thing. <laughs> You're the same way. But it, like, it yeah. But it's one of those it's like, yeah, man. You get it. You understand. Like you understand not only the way people internalize their own anger, but the well, that, how they judge other people for their anger, even though you're the same way. And like that, it, it really, it really spoke to me in a way that m- it might not be reflective of me in a good way. Uh, but it really spoke to me uh, on top of being, this is the type of shit I'm into. This type of like, dipshits making bad decisions and shit spiraling out of control it's an a24 show it feels like an a24 show it's great i loved it yeah i think that this show is so good i also think this is another one that when we think about this year this is gonna uh age well in terms of people will remember this show from this year there was not one single netflix show that made my top 10 this year yeah Uh, which is wild. If there had been one, it would have been this. Mm -hmm. I luckily watched this before any of the controversy came out because I binged it night of because I am a big fan of these two actors. And I happen to really, really love it. The only reason it didn't make my top 10 is because 
it is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really, really liked it, but it just didn't get to that next level for me. Like talk about slice of life. This is a very simple story of anger, Mm -hmm. of beef, beef with each other. And I really thought that they nailed that. It's definitely my top 15. Yeah. Uh, but not quite cracking the top 10. And they've talked about, because it did so well, they've talked about doing a second season and it's one of those, as much as I loved it, don't. The ending is perfect. The, like, I, I really like, you, when you're watching the show, you get to the second to the last episode and you're like, wait, there's another one? And then yeah. the, the way the last episode unfolds, it's like, yeah, this is what, this is the catharsis we've needed this whole show. And it's really like, I found it very beautiful and, and I totally get why it wouldn't be on your list, but it, it obviously spoke to me in a specific way. Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah. Leonard Kim says, I thought the fin- uh, finale of Beef was awful. I so disagree. What? what? Leonard Kim's coming in with some hot. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. So what's your next one, Roxy? My next one would be Yellow Jackets. This show is so good. Um, there is a scene from this season that is so haunted in my brain that has to do with eating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That is just like, oh, yep, we're doing it. We are doing it. Yeah. But also just I watching people become the ha, be in the worst situation, become the most extreme versions of themselves yeah. is fascinating. I loved watching the I I think I think about shows that I grew up with, how there are two generations of characters on those shows, right? Yeah. Like, even if you think about, and this is so weird to relate to Yellow Jackets, but a 90210 or a mm. Gossip Girl or whatever. And there's the parents and there's the kids. And when you're watching as a kid, you like the teenage characters. But when you're watching as an adult, yeah. you end up l- l- liking the parent characters. What I think this show just does so brilliantly is because it's not, it is two different generations of people split, yeah. but it's the same people. Mm-hmm. So we're getting to see them in two different moments of their life. Yeah. And, and we don't know exactly how we got to that second moment, but we're seeing it all transpire. Yeah. And me doing the math and filling in the blanks in my head has been just a wild and entertaining experience. I also think that the, the casting on this show is perfect. Yeah. The way that they have done that is unbelievable and it is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the show's so good. Absolutely. And I think uh, you're right. The casting on the show, it, you can't stress enough how good a job they did casting the kids to the adults. Uh, and mm-hmm. I got to imagine it was adults first, considering those are the bigger names. And then we found yeah. kids. But it, it is, you really, the performers do a really good job of providing continuity between the two performers to the point where, not to drag on something else, but when you like watch something like Shazam and the two versions of Billy are so drastically, it's like, but you just look at what Yellowjack. Yeah, 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 just totally. you're the same character, right? Just do the same thing, <laughs> talk to each other. Same character, but different ages. Yeah, and like Shazam, which is yeah, it's technically you're literally the same character. Anyway, uh, but point not to, yeah again not to drag something else, but the the casting on it is is incredible, and those young actresses, obviously the older actor Melanie Linsky, all of them are great, but the young actresses having to to portray the same characters as these um these women with like long storied careers and really holding their own uh is really impressive yeah yeah last one oh you all guessed it favorite dj's favorite show of the year reservation dogs it's the last uh season uh they decided in after three seasons that bums me out that said the finale i thought was excellent uh the show never 
uh, or let me phrase it differently, always made me very emotional. Um, I, the way it balances um, its humor with uh, a deep sense of melancholy and as these characters deal with what is a pretty reservation life, even in this a comedy, is, uh, seems very challenging. Um, yeah. And the way it balances that with heart and humor, it's just a beautiful show. This uh, season specifically uh, deals a lot with the older generation, you talk about two different generations, like specifically like the elders, like the grandparents and how they relate to the young people and how um, the connection there. It's just a beautiful, heartfelt show that I can't recommend enough. It's a very humanist show. Um, it really, you get a sense it really loves people or at least these people. Um, and I'm really grateful that it exists and I was able to watch it and appreciate it. And it'll be one that sticks with me for a very long time. It's so spiritually beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it just, it touches your soul. I thought that like it, it's artistically spiritually beautiful. Yeah. The way that they go about talking about your loved ones, the dead, the amount of grace that these characters do have. Um, it, I just, I think that the show nails it. Yeah. It is the best version of what it set out to do. Really, really good. So not your best show, Roxy, because I think you said that was silo, but your yes. what's the last one on your list? This, this is the last one on my list, which is very likely my second one or my third show. Yeah. Um, and that's the bear. I, and, and truthfully, it's almost not fair because it's really episode six and seven of The Bear. Okay. That's not true. The whole season I thought was good. Yeah. Really solid, really good show. But when a show has my favorite episodes of the year, it has to be on this list. Mm -hmm. And the one-two punch of episode six and episode seven uh, with the, I'm just going to call it like the family car mm -hmm. episode and forks yeah. was just mind-blowingly perfect to me uh if you come from a dysfunctional family when you're watching shows about dysfunctional family you feel like seen and safe mm -hmm. when you also are seeing a person a, a character growth oftentimes when we see a character grow it just feels so convoluted and so like for plot yeah but this was just so I almost want to say realistic. Like yeah. it was like, yes, yes. And you know, one of the biggest questions in life that people ask are, can people change? Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who's changed, you very obviously know the answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. And so I find that the only people that ask that are people who either have never had to change or never have changed. Yeah. And this show, I think shows growth and change Change doesn't always mean in a positive direction. That's sometimes true. you slip backwards. Sometimes yeah. you move forwards. Uh, it just means not really being stagnant. And there's the refrigerator episode too. I mean, there's just so many really, really great things. Also dealing with not being able. This is something that's come up constantly in my life as a lover of love, shipper of ships, but not being in a place where you can be with somebody because you are it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me mm -hmm. based on whatever your trauma is. I just, I think this show speaks to so many people also because I worked in a restaurant for forever. Yeah. Anybody who's worked in a restaurant knows how well this show worked in terms of like, um, 
points behind you, like the way that they speak, what them drinking out of those tubs, yeah. how it all works. They just did such a great job with that. The tension that you feel in there. So it paid attention to detail. It has such interesting characters. And I think that that's why so many people, this is on so many top tens lists. Absolutely. Just because the people are seeing themselves in it and the, for better or worse. So uh, great. I think that's a great note to end on. We're running a little long. So before we wrap up, I asked you all in the Discord, your top tens. Mike Joy said Silo, Gen V, Shrinking, Succession, Platonic, Last of Us, The Diplomat, Poker Face. Poker Face was a good show. Uh, Loki. Uh, the Flash, just kidding, Superman and Lois. Um, Leonard Kins said Ted Lasso, Daisy Jones and the Six, Outer Banks, Star Trek, Strange New World, Swagger, Warrior, The Witcher, uh, Lessons in Chemistry, Extrapolations, One Piece, Stasek Geta said, Beef, Gen V, Last of Us, Poker Face, One Piece, Black Mirror, I Think You Should Leave, Jury Duty, and Barry. And then finally, Clementine said, Pluto? I don't even know what that is. Uh, the Last of Us, Fall of the House of Usher, Jury Duty, Scavenger's Reign, One Piece, Scott Pilgrim takes off, The Bad Batch, Ahsoka, Loki. Honorable mentions for me, I Am Virgo is very good. Uh, you talk about some of the best episodes. There's an episode that focuses on Walton Goggins plays like a superhero character, and it's one of the best takedowns of the concept of a superhero. Uh, and it has great visual metaphors in that his and he has an elevator in his building. Instead of the elevator taking him up and down, he's still and it moves the entire building around him. <laughs> uh, and it just tells you everything you need to know about that guy. Um, Blue White Samurai was good. Um, uh, Dune, uh was good. Dave, uh, honorable mentions from you, Roxy. Yeah, uh, we mentioned a few of them, like Beef, um, Platonic. Uh, sex Education, which people didn't like this final season, I thought was great. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which had an amazing finale. The other two, which is that mm -hmm, HBO mm -hmm. show that I love, uh, The Great, yeah. and I also did love Ted Lasso. So those were our top 10 TV shows of 2023. In the comments or wherever you're interacting with us, let us know what your top 10s were. Have a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Enjoy that time, and we will see you all 